Hey guys, this is me, David. Welcome back to the Infinite Canvas Podcast. Now, when it comes to the world of gods and mythical creatures, the reason why many people like to create worlds behind these beings is because there's no right or wrong way to do it. Everyone likes to do it their own way and try to add their own little twist. And that's what me and John are going to do today. Today is a special episode only because we're going to actually go back to our previous episode and take each other's stories and try to see if we can make it a little bit better. John will be taking my story and I'll be taking his story. And here you can see how we both work together when it comes to creating our own personal story like Curse Quest or any other future comics we have, we've decided to create. So, again, so if you are ready, enjoy episode 4. Thank you. Welcome back to the Infinite Canvas Podcast. This is David Foz here. And I'm John Venegas. I'm really uh, glad that you guys stuck around for us after our uh, one week little break. Uh, we're going to be doing that basically every week now. Um, our episodes are going to be coming out every two weeks. So uh, today's episode is coming out November 28th. Uh, next week's episode, or next episode will be out December 12th. Uh, just a heads mm-hmm. up for you guys. Uh, David, uh, we wanted yes. to talk today about fixing our sores from last time, right? Uh, yes. Uh, basically, trying to see if we can make our each other's stories a bit better, or see if we can solve any problems we saw in our stories, or in each other's stories. This is a great opportunity to let the audience learn how we work together on stories, uh, a la Curse Quest, uh, Pantheon, which... I don't think we're going to be doing that anytime soon. Probably not, if we ever do. That might, like, split off into other things. Yeah. Uh, and you kind of just understand how come projects take a while. And not just because <laughs> I'm lazy and, like, I just don't get projects done on time. But also because sometimes we may not agree on something. Um, sometimes the visions that we have might con- uh, conflict with how we originally interpreted them. And then projects and ideas have to be dropped at some point. And the yeah. um, only reason I say that is because 10 minutes before we started recording today, David was telling me about how he was going to fix my story, and I was already <laughs> mad. <laughs> <laughs> well, it wasn't pretty much fixing. It's just that I took characters out, and when I mm-hmm. told you that, you had a voice like, why do you take my characters out, man? They're my characters. Well, like, they're not even my characters. <laughs> they're characters that were already in the story that needed to be in there. It's... It's not Gilgamesh, is it? Did you take him out? Um, I'll get to the characters I took out when we, you know, when we do this. Alright. <laughs> um, I don't think we have to recap exactly um, what our stories were, other than I I basically made mine the sci-fi, uh, the sci-fi epic of Gilgamesh with the prequel uh, about his mom. So, um, there you go. That, that's it. <laughs> but I mean, if, if, you... if, if y'all want... The better understanding of the stories that we did change, you can always go back and listen to the first, uh, our episode prior to this, just to get enough backstory on this. But I mean, I'll go ahead and at least touch upon what you said in your, in your own episode. I mean, that in that episode. Or if I could recommend, actually read the book. It only takes like <laughs> three hours, and I'm a slow reader. So, if you're a fast reader, man, that's probably like an hour. 
That's like a Wait. that's like a movie. Wait, you took it from a book? There, I mean, it's a really old story, David. <gasps> it, it got written thought... down in a book at some point. <laughs> I thought that was all made up by yourself. No, why do you think it sounded good? <laughs> Just kidding. What? The 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 um the Gilgamesh part was from a book. That's why I, like barely barely talked about it. Uh, oh, okay. Uh, okay. The Anunnaki like... and no, um, so the Anunnaki are already kind of like common knowledge when it comes to people who uh, know about the ancient aliens theory. So mm-hmm. there's that. The flood, the the flood, the deluge. Uh, that just came about uh, separately. That's kind of my thing. Uh, I didn't explain yeah. what the deluge looked like. I didn't realize I should have. I was kind of imagining a space whale. <laughs> And it kind of goes, and that's how he like unleashes the psychic energy. Um, I was kind of hoping that it would be the same whale from Jonah and the whale, but I'm getting ahead of myself. Okay. Um, for a minute, I thought maybe they're like weird minotaurs, maybe because you said they're like monsters, but not monsters or creatures, but not like creatures. <laughs> so I was just thinking like a weird hybrid of like uh, a minotaur, maybe or. Or like a exotic, like deer or something. I mean, if I'm gonna be honest, like I was thinking of Kyogre. Like that's the best thing I could think of to like visualize. Yeah, yeah, that's that's what I meant. I couldn't put my finger on that. That's what I meant. Ky- Kyogre's pretty whale like, so I mean, mm-hmm. if you want to envision it just being Kyogre and just oh wait, I thought that, that was that. I thought that was that weird three headed thing. Yeah. No, Kyogre's the water Pokemon from uh, Sapphire in Alpha Sapphire. Uh, see, I was thinking about, isn't it called the same Kyogre? That car that Yugi that Yugi always used. He fuses those three beasts. Oh, Chimera. That's what Chimera. I. Chimera. Yeah, hold on, hold on. Yeah, that's what I was thinking, Chimera. Just want to make sure that my mic wasn't muted forever. Um, <laughs> okay. No, it's it's not a Chimera. It's a uh, uh, it it's more like Kyogre, really. It's it's very uh, it's probably leathery, but. I'm getting ahead of myself. Okay. Well, John, I changed it to a chimera. <laughs> I'm kind of hedging because it's like going to the doctors and like having the doctor tell you things you don't want to hear. <laughs> uh, so I'm going to try my best to just be quiet and let you okay. go through your critique of my story and like just get it over with. And I will I will rebuttal afterwards so that I don't keep okay. interrupting you. You may, okay. you may go ahead. Okay, so, um, if I remember correctly, um, I, I, I kept the whole story from the beginning to the end, uh, somewhat similar, and like I, I had told John, I did take some characters out of it, and, uh, and I changed some characters' roles around, just because that's how I, it, it seemed more fluid that way for me, I, I didn't put any fantasy in there, because I didn't want to... I kind of already liked the world how it was, and I didn't want to interrupt it with something that didn't feel like it belonged there, which was fantasy. So, again, mostly everything is going to be the same. You still have the Anunnaki's, which are these god beings, and I, you still have the Deluge. Except I put, um, I think you mentioned him being Ninsum's, Ninsum, uh, uh, father, which was Anus. the mother. No, you said Anus was Ninsun's father, correct? Oh, yeah. Yes, okay. yes. So I actually made him uh, 
have a bigger role in this story. Uh, okay. But again, the not father daughter relationship, but I kind of wanted to keep that a thing, you know, just as a almost like I don't know if you would call it a teaser or something like that, but something you know, like just to nod a nod to the real thing, you know, real road quotation marks. They're father and daughter. In this world, they're not, but they have like somewhat of a close relationship as if they were one. Right. Um, okay. So, I, I decided to take this task on the same way I did uh, my story and make this like a uh, first issue. But it is, uh, I decided to do it as a graphic novel. Like, this is going to be one graphic novel. This whole story is going to fit in there. You know, doesn't leave any room for the next one. Or at least leaves a bit room for a new chapter or something like that. So, it starts off the same. Uh, the Anunnaki's have come to this world and they're treated as gods. Because they're they're these beings that no one understands. And usually when people don't understand something, they either are afraid of it or they start worshipping it. And so, they do that with the Anunnaki's. And they're being worshipped. And the book starts off with like a brief history explaining how the lives of all of these uh, villages were crappy. You know, they suffered through hunger, uh, starvation, droughts and stuff like that. But when the Anunnaki came, their their powers brought joy to their lives. You know, they they didn't suffer from starvation as much. They there was no droughts. You know, they their technology helped, you know, fix their lands. And in return... They worked for them. They mined the land for resources. They gathered all the all, all the stuff they asked for, you know, without asking any questions. They returned. They gathered resource and they got food and water, basically. And so, there's one person in this in this village or in this world that does not choose to accept them, and that is Ninsum. So she still has that role of being. Uh, you know, of seeing these Anunnaki's as something else. So she doesn't choose to worship them, and so she's actually causing a revolt against them. Or she's trying to build a revolt. And so she's trying to win people over to her side and have them uh, basically turn against the Anunnaki's. But no one's listening, because she has no proof of them being false gods or anything like that. Uh... And so she's she's not winning many people over. Now the Anunnaki, they like the simple life. They they don't want things to be difficult. So they task one of their uh, I guess members, which is uh, Anus, to go and basically talk to Ninsum. You know, have her talk her down from what she's doing because you know they're kind of afraid that maybe she is going to win people over, and so. Uh, a news role in the story is that she uh, he is trying to um, talk her down from building a revolt. You know they're becoming almost friends. Is like the only uh, the only being that Ninsum uh, actually like accepts or or doesn't mind being around is a news. And a news in return is you know trying to tell her you know hey you know we're not the bad guys here. We're trying to make your world better. I mean, we're not doing anything um, wrong, you know. Y'all work for us, and in return, we bless y'all with food and water and with a happy life. 
Minson, it's in return saying like, you know, but no, it's not fair for for you to treat us like slaves. We we need more rights than that. But you know, it becomes back and forth. They're not arguing like rudely to each other. They're just having like a calm discussion. It gets to the point where Minson is actually starting to win people over. You know, life is getting a little bit worse and worse. And they're forcing them to work more and more. Uh, the Anunnaki's are making the humans work more and more. Some people are not liking that. And um, they're finding out that, you know, uh, life is beginning to split differently among, you know, the village. So you have, like, richer people or people that are gaining more, you know, not working as often. And leaving that to be to the uh, lesser people, as you can say, like, the poor people, have them work. And so now there's conflict between the village. That's how uh, Ninsum starts gathering her people. You know, people to uh, throw a revolt against the Anunnaki. It's like, see, look, they're treating uh, all these higher people as, you know, they're, as they're equal. But yet they keep us poor people down. Us people that live on the outskirts of, you know, their temple or mother base. Um, they're keeping us down. You know, we need to change this. And so she's winning many people over. And there's starting to be, like, fights. And, like... Okay, so I think it was, like, they were, they were ha they started having uh, small fights, small battles start occurring. And it becomes a nuisance for the Anunnaki. And they kind of get annoyed. They're like, you know, we came here just for a, a simple uh, harvest, basically. This small revolt... It's starting to become a problem for us, you know. Many of them are, you know, they're like, you know, we'll let things play out, see how things go. And the other half, or a few of the other half, don't want things to to continue. They don't want to see how things end up. They want to change things because they want, you know, they want their resources now without any kind of issue. And so I kept right. that a, I kept that a uh, idea you had of a few of them coming up with a plan. And it's the same plan that uh, you had mentioned in yours, where they're going to take this deluge uh, and use that to wipe as many people as they can. While, uh, while this is happening, Anus, finds, uh, Anus is the one that finds out that, these, that this part, that the, this other half of the Anunnaki are planning this. I think you had somebody else. I forgot who you said you had. Is the one that is forced to to follow them, and this one is a noose. A noose is the one that is forced to follow him. And the reason I, uh, the reason I had him be the one that's forced to follow him, or follow them, is because in the beginning, I, you you will make a noose and a ninsum have like this relationship build, you know, like uh, friends, like best friends. And that is what is going to be played off of later in the book. And, um, um yeah. I, I know I said I wasn't going to interrupt you, but I think it's kind of going to be kind of hard to do. Why? Um, Anu is like their captain. Oh. I didn't know that was the captain. So, like, yeah, Anu is the captain. He's captain leader guy. It'd be kind of hard to have him be the one, like, they, like, you know forced to do that because mm -hmm. he could just easily just like discommunicate them and be or be like yeah no how about no oh okay 
I did not know he was a captain. Well, in this one, he is not a captain. I gave, okay. I, I gave the captain <laughs> to the other dude then. I forgot who you said had this role. Enki. Okay, yeah. I, Enki has... Enki is a... In, yeah. Enki is the creator right. god, but he's not, uh, like, the... What? Well, I was going to say, I'll just switch the roles around. Have Enki be the one that uh, is a captain. And now okay. is not a captain. Uh, yeah. Well... To be yeah. fair, Enki, I believe Enki, uh, I could be wrong, but, uh, I believe Enki is a creator god, uh, but Anu is, uh, like, the top god. Like, well, it's, it's not, like, the same god. Okay. Well, um, uh, that's a, that's an awkward just, thing, Just keep then. rolling what you got. It's <laughs> fine, it's fine. Uh, well, I, in mine, I guess he's not, I, I demote him, then. He's no longer a captain. Uh... <laughs> But he's forced to follow them, um, to follow their plan. And um, I wasn't sure if you actually mentioned that they, if if they have a way to die, or if they can't be killed. But um, um, if they are, um, if the uh, uh, the others deem them unworthy, they mm-hmm. can just be stripped of their uh, of their life. Mm-hmm. But conventional method, no. Like if you kill one there's um okay you your soul basically has to be banned from their uh from their mothership essentially okay so yeah that wouldn't really affect much then so let's see where was i okay so yeah there so anus would be the one that's gonna be forced to do that and since again at i did not know if they actually had a way to be killed so I I did give them a fault in the way they they live, uh, or in the way they have immortality. Um, mm-hmm. Okay, so if uh, it's like you said, uh, if they do die, um, their uh, you know, their souls are stripped from their body and sent back to the mothership, and is basically re put into a new body. Correct. Yes. Okay. So yeah, that's uh, that's still the same. Except I changed it just a little bit, and okay. uh, so I made it so that uh, this is all science and technology based. So mm-hmm. since there's no magic to it, I also there there could be some flaws to this this way of doing things, like a little bug that they're not a hundred percent sure how to fix. And one of the things that happens when a Anunnaki dies. And basically put into a new body is that it's not a clean process. And during the process, they can, they have a chance of losing some of their memories, not current, not current memories, nothing of important, anything that's considered useless or old memories. They, the machine or the thing that puts them back together doesn't take that as priority. So it just, deletes it or like leaves it out so uh that doesn't really have much effect if um you know you die now i mean if you're reborn now if you're to die again like within that few hours and then put back into a body you won't lose that much of your past but the longer you do li- live and the more like memory or the more knowledge you gain you risk losing more of your past and uh, I had made it so that a noose, since going through this process of becoming an um, Anunnaki, 
he has he has never died or has never had to resort to uh putting his uh soul into a new body so he's lived for a very long time and the so is he is he living or is he machine no he he's still machine um Okay. Yeah, but he just uh, hasn't got a new body. He's his body has never, you know, been destroyed or anything. He's never had to be be you know replaced again or put into a new body. He right. So um, so he's lived for a while and he's gained a lot of memory and knowledge, and so they threaten, like the I call, the traitors, uh, putting like air quotes around here because I really think they can be considered traitors. Uh, but the ones who want to uh, kill, you know, humanity, those Anunnaki's, they threaten an, uh, Anus, telling them, you know, hey, you've lived for so long, or you haven't, uh, your machine body has lived so long, how much memories or how much of your past you think you'll lose if we kill you now? I mean, we'll let you go back to your body, but how much memories do you think you'll lose? And he's afraid, because... I uh, changed up his history too, and I have it so that, again, Anus has lived for a long time, and so he can't really recall a lot of his past. You know, that's that's the drawback of being immortal. You build so much memories, it's really hard for you to recall your past. And the few things he does remember about his past is his wife and kids. Uh, they they don't live anymore. They did not survive the process of being turned into an Anunnaki uh, in their home world. They did not survive that process. Their wills were not strong enough, and their souls just uh, disintegrated away. And those are the that's the oldest memories he has. So he's afraid that if he's you know if they do kill him, he will lose the memories of his family, of his kids, and so that's how they force them to follow him or to follow the traitors again anus doesn't want this plan to go through because his time he spent with uh ninsum you know from the from the first time they met to now he has grown to love or not love but to care for humanity he was like these are wonderful creatures in his eyes were you know considered just creatures like these are wonderful kind of cool little beings i i don't want to see them be wiped out so behind the back you know behind the backs of the traders he goes and visits uh ninsum and the traders don't see that as being like suspicious because he's always done this he was he was in task to always go and try to talk ninsum down from her revolt so that's why they don't consider that as being suspicious this is just a normal day or normal routine for a news now, what Anus is actually doing is he's going to her to uh, Ninsum and telling her all their secrets. You know, who they really are, where they really came from, how they became these gods that they that these people think they are, and the process in which they become it. And he's probably t- using simpler words than what we're using. <laughs> and uh, and he's telling her that, you know, you need uh uh, you know, you need to stop what you're doing. There's other beings who are getting tired of you, and you risk the lives of all your families and friends. So I, I, I tell you this as a warning. And so, you know, he leaves, 
And instead of taking this as a warning, Ninsome uses this to build her revolt. He ta- she takes all the secrets that Anus gave him gave her and spreads that out to the rest of the people to build a bigger revolt, a stronger revolt against the Anunnaki. The traitors Anunnaki quickly figure out this is the news doing. You know, how else would Ninsum know these secrets, know stuff that no one else should know other than them? And so they go after him. Uh, at this time, Anus also figures out that, you know, it's not going to take them a long time to figure out it was me that spo- that spilled all these secrets. So he leaves. He he escapes the mothership and makes it back to uh, Ninsum. Uh, he he goes back to Ninsum pretty pretty mad because she basically told all his secrets uh, to the people when he wanted her to take this as a chance for her to step down from what she's doing. She was trying to save humanity's life by uh, telling her everything and please, you know, knowing maybe that's enough to please her. You know, step down from what you're doing because you risk all of, all, all of humanity's life. But she didn't, and she made things worse. Because now the Anunnaki that are trying to weigh things out and see what happens, they're, get, they're starting to get annoyed. And the traitors, Anunnaki, they're trying to rush their plans forward. They're trying to hurry up and get their plans done quicker, you know, just so that, you know, they won't get caught. Or... I mean, they're going to get caught if they, since they're not, um, uh, since, you know, they're not taking their time and covering their tracks, but you know, it's one of those things where, Hey, we need to do it now before things get even worse. And so once a news actually comes, uh, back, goes back to a uh, Ninsum, he actually goes back, uh, with like materials to help build the arc that you, you had said. And, you know, he goes a like, lifeboat. <laughs> yeah, a lifeboat. Uh, they 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 call it a boat. He uh, and Sue uh, Anus always refers to it as an ark. He's like, no, it's an ark. It's not a boat. It's an ark. So when he when he goes to Anus and tells him, you know, you know, I was trying to help your people, but you just ruined it. Um, I at least have something to help save you, and at least you know your small little village or whatever or wherever she lives. The, like, you know, this will at least help protect you from what the uh the traitor Anunnaki's have planned. And so with the help of the people, they help quickly form an arc. I mean, it's something that uh, like their normal plan probably would have taken a good amount of months to set forth. But when they rush things, it takes like maybe like a month to get everything set in place. And, you know, for story reason, it also takes them a month to make the arc. They use that uh, in just the same way as you had your ending. They have the fight. You know, they're, uh, Anus is like, we need to go and, you know, kill this deluge. Yeah, or we need to stop it. So, you know, y'all can actually live in this world. Because as long as that thing is out, nothing can live outside of this arc. And so, same thing happens as, as you as you had yours. The fight, there's a fight scene between Anus and the other Anunnaki's that um, are p- trying to protect this uh, deluge. The only difference is that things are not going for the good guys. And uh, uh, Anus is like, 
I, I need more help. I, I cannot do this by myself. He takes a, he has a, I, I, I wasn't sure how the deluge powers worked or, uh, or how their powers worked a hundred percent. So mm-hmm. again, I thought this was going to be like a, a minotaur or like a wee, uh, uh, exotic elf kind of a thing that had horns growing out of it or something like that. So but now that you know, it's more like a whale. It's yeah. Kind of different. Yeah. So, I mean, it's kind of <laughs> weird that I had said that, oh, he grabs a piece of the, like a piece of the Anunnaki's horn or something like that. Even though, since you just did clarify, he's going to be a whale. It's kind of a weird thing to have horns on a whale. But. I uh, mean, narwhals, narwhals exist. Just to go for it. Oh. Give, it give it some <laughs> horns. I guess. Yeah, that's true. That's true. So, okay. Yeah, I guess. The Anunnaki, no, sorry, the Deluge whale has horns on him. And, um, so I, I treat that as in the power is emitted through the horn and mm-hmm. it's kept within the horn, too. During the process of building it, the Ark, um, Anuth was also building a, a body. You know, first you were thinking that maybe it's a body for him to jump into in case he died, but he actually built it in case he needed help. And he takes the horn of the deluge and uh, plants it on Ninsum and extracts her soul and puts it into the body of the machine body that he built. And so that's how Ninsum becomes, you know, a god in Anunnaki. Okay. And so together they're able to fight off the traitors and kill the uh, deluge. Uh, at this time as well, Gilgamesh is just a kid. Like, very little kid. Uh, Dang, son. Uh, it's going to be kind of <laughs> awkward how he's going to be a kid for <laughs> 60 times 4 is... Uh, no, I'm not going to 240 years. <laughs> he's like 7 years he's old. The fifth, he's the fifth king of Uruk after the deluge. So, um, he's, he's in his, he's a young man, five generations after the flood. Ah, okay. Well, what the history doesn't tell you, (laughs) there's actually two floods, and, uh... Oh my god. (laughs) (laughs) Um, okay, he's a kid, because he has to be a kid here. He's, He's, like, seven years old, and, um, during this whole battle... He sees Anus do this to his mother, and, mm-hmm. like, since he's a little kid, he doesn't understand what's happening. So, he sees that as Anus just killing his mom. He doesn't see what happens to his, mo- his mom. Uh, he doesn't see the process of her soul being extracted and put into a new body. All he sees is his mom get touched by some weird thing fall dead and that's it and so he grows up thinking that the Anunnaki killed his mom and that will feed into you know book two of this or you know the sequel to this graphic novel but right Gilgamesh is not in the story at all this is like the only part he's in and that's the character I took out did you edit any of the Gilgamesh story, or did you just edit Ninsum's story? Uh, just just Ninsum's. I okay. literally uh, left just Gilgamesh out of this. 
That's fine. No, Gilgamesh isn't in Ensign's story, so... I hadn't planned on him to be in his story. <laughs> uh, I did plan on Ensign to be in Gilgamesh's story. Um, she, uh, she is. Uh, she does, I mean... Because, I mean, the, the story ends with, you know, they they, they beat the... Uh, they, they beat the bad guys. And so, Anus, uh, you know, promised Ninsum that, you know, with this... She was always curious. She always wanted to know who these beings were. She she cared uh, about, you know, the secrets of the world. And so, as a gift to her, don't return back to this world. Don't, be, don't return back to Earth. You'll be on the mothership for the, you know, the rest of your life, but you'll have internal, you know, access to everything, the knowledge of the whole world. And I, I was, I thought, uh, Ninsum was that kind of a character who wants to know everything. Mm-hmm. Or at least, uh, wants to have the understanding of everything. So she takes right. up this offer and that's why, um, Gilgamesh thinks that her mother, his mother is dead. And that leads his role in wanting to have his revenge against the Anunnaki, and that leads to your other the other part of the story you had given in your in the last episode. It's just that okay. I it just I didn't want to introduce Gilgamesh in here because they, they, those felt like two different stories. No, that's fine. Uh, are you done with? Uh, with your thingamabob, or do you no, have yeah. more stuff? No, uh, that was pretty much it. I kind okay. of um, so no, I I think it was it was good. Um, considering I didn't really do a lot to her story, other than just yeah. a couple of quick things. I I really wanted to just kind of explore the creatures themselves. Yeah. Um, but I really like how you did that. The story of how she's connected to the gods uh, on an emotional level, and um. You know, it, it was a little bit better than just, she's kind of a dick. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. I recently reread through uh, the Gilgamesh story, just because what I did previously was kind of based on memory, and you can only trust memory so far. Yeah. And so then uh, I had totally forgotten about a bunch of stuff, and I kind of like wanted to reincorporate it in there. And I know that, I don't think you had anything to add for your story, right? Uh, No. No. Uh, I'm just, I just want to briefly touch on stuff that I wanted to, like, add to mine. Uh, it's not going to be very long. Uh, first off, I forgot about Humbaba. Humbaba is a, uh, <laughs> monster that, uh, Gilgamesh and Enkidu kill for literally no reason other than, hey, yeah, dude, or bros, right? Yeah, dude, you want, you know what I want to do? It's like, what, I want to go to the forest and kill the most evil creature that lives there. <gasps> yes! And so they do that. And so then, uh, I, I thought it'd be kind of cool if Humbaba... And I'm really glad that you pointed out the whole uh, memory thing, because uh, mm-hmm. I kind of wanted Humbaba to be a uh, an exiled Anunnaki. He's not welcome back on the mothership, and so if his soul is destroyed, he is gone. Mm-hmm. And so then, um, the way Humbaba would operate is that his mind, his his machine, uh, has de- has uh, has basically desec- uh, been desecrated. It's it's running low. It doesn't operate properly, and so then its functions have changed. It doesn't remember who Humbaba was, mm-hmm. and it just runs on just pure emotion and rage. Mm-hmm. And um, the way that they describe it in the book is that he breathes, uh, he he breathes like a flood. And so um, I thought it'd be kind of cool if he had very deluge-like powers, not the deluge himself, 
Yeah. But if he had some similar aspects to it, um, that he can also breathe, uh, supposedly he could breathe fire. So it's like, oh, that's cool. That's just lasers. Um, (laughs) (laughs) yeah. And so then, uh, I thought it'd be kind of cool to have him in the forest. And, uh, you know, that's where, um, the way that the story is set up, uh, Gilgamesh and Enkidu go to a, a smith and get a bunch of weapons. And I was thinking, I mean, there's nothing saying they could have just gotten some Anunnaki weapons, you know, get some really cool, um, uh, some really cool, like, laser-edged, uh, uh, swords and stuff, you know, stuff like that, uh, that would be kind of cool. Yeah. Uh, well, not swords, but, uh, Gilgamesh actually carries around axes, so, okay. uh, you know, I, I, I thought that would be kind of cool. He has a bow and arrow, so, you know, crossbow, I guess. Mm. Be much more useful than a bow and arrow. Okay. Um. It feels like you're describing the Kratos from God of War. There you go. He's like Kratos from God of War. Um, thing is though is that he doesn't kill for like he doesn't kill for rage. He kills for sport. Because remember, Gilgamesh in uh is, is just he's like Cusco from The Emperor's New Groove. He just he ha- he just likes to have fun and just be himself and just be goofy and stupid and he it's, like that's how he perceives himself. But in reality, he's just he's a terror to society. Uh, he doesn't kill or hurt anyone for like. For, like, uh, vengeful reasons. He does it for sport. Until, uh, Enkidu dies. Uh, yeah. Uh, he gets, he gets injured by the, uh, by, uh, by Humbaba. Mm-hmm. And, uh, the thing about Enkidu is that he doesn't really use weapons too much. He's more like a brute strength guy. Yeah. Um, I had to re-edit something because I thought that Enkidu was huge. But apparently he's shorter than Gilgamesh. So he's actually really short. <laughs> He's like a he's like a Danny DeVito kind of character. <laughs> oh God, he's he's like he's like Danny DeVito from uh, from Hercules, the little goat guy. <laughs> Actually, exactly like that. Now that I think about it, considering Enkidu is a bull man. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, so just imagine the short guy from um, the the satyr from Hercules, but muscular and yeah. with bull horns. And the, there you go, you got Enkidu. <laughs> Uh, he gets, he, he gets injured by Humbaba, doesn't die immediately, it's more of a slow death, uh, slow process, and eventually succumbs to the, uh, uh, to death itself. Yeah. Um, I had wanted to introduce Ishtar, who I could be wrong, but I believe is the daughter of Anu, and, uh, Ishtar is kind of, she, she, like, falls in love with Gilgamesh, but Gilgamesh doesn't want none of that, because Gilgamesh isn't into chicks for some reason. Um, other than wait, like, as in like, not into. He's just not into nothing? a serious relationship. No, he you know he explicitly has sex with multiple women. Oh, and okay, women who who are married to other men. Okay. Or no, he has the right to do it to women before they're married to their husbands, which is actually the reason why Enkidu wants to kill Gilgamesh at the beginning because he thinks that's wrong and he's like, hey yo, I'm gonna go kill this Gilgamesh guy really quick. That's <laughs> wrong, yo. Um. <laughs> And, you know, that, that starts there. Um, their uh, battle is described in very, very weird, homoerotic way for some reason. But I guess that's what happens when you write things in the ancient past. Uh, mm-hmm. It talks about how their bodies are tangled and there's sweat dripping everywhere. I don't know. It's kind of weird. Um, if that's your cup of tea, well, I guess that's cool. But... Uh, <laughs> John, I thought you were reading a book about gods, not Fifty Shades of Grey. Uh, 
I mean, it's the oldest story ever told. The oh, very no, beginning sure. of a lot of weird sex stuff. Enkidu sleeps with a with a woman, but like mm-hmm. he's still a bull man, so that's kind of weird. I guess she was into furries before furries existed. Um, <laughs> all right. <clears throat> I don't think I had anything uh, else to add on to that. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, so uh, now on to my uh, my uh, fixing of stuff on yours. Uh, um, I, I, I was really uh, I I was really excited for this day because I wanted to know what changes you would make on mine. Right. Uh, so normal changes uh, for anybody who's not familiar with us. Uh, David is not good with names. <laughs> You didn't change the character's name, did you? I definitely changed the character names. Um, oh, I, man. I, re- I actually really dude, loved these characters' names. Um, I mean, I mean yes, like, they're crappy. Other than telling but... me... No, other than telling me that they are based on the Aztec gods, I have no indication to to believe you. <laughs> well, I mean, did we not state at the beginning that the Aztec gods tend to have a lot of cues... And a lot of letters in their names. Yes, I mean, they do. I didn't but want to also... sit there and pronounce them, <laughs> or at least try to pronounce them for like an hour. Uh, and that's—I mean, you read an- you read, read anime, you 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 watch anime and read manga. There's weebs that learn how to say, uh, uh, Tokudashi, Tokudar, Takadashi, or whatever that guy's name from My Hero Academia is, who has the three three names that are exactly the same. Anyways. There's a lot of weird names in anime, and people get them. It's just a matter of learning them. I don't remember anime names, <laughs> but ever, uh, unless they're like the main character or their best friend. Other than that, you gotta like describe the character to me when you talk mm. to me about them. So, <clears throat> uh, I did that. I changed a little bit of stuff, not too much. I added some stuff. Okay. Um, I didn't actually change the uh, sins of the of the uh, the three G's too much. Uh, I did <laughs> give G's. God a name. Uh, I don't want to say the whole thing every time. Um, God, glory, and gold. But uh, I gave God a name. Uh, you'll if you recognize the name, then you did do your research. If you don't, then I'm disappointed in you because I did a lot of research on this. Uh, okay. okay, so originally you had the four characters that were brothers, uh, Torch, Mask, yes. my King, favorite, and mm-hmm. Zalas. I gave up on that one. That's okay, uh, he's actually a part of this story and is kind of important. Um, okay. So, Torch, he is still known as the Torch. Uh, so yeah. I kind of kept everyone except for Zalas' name. Um, because there are titles for them. Okay. So, if you want to call them Torch, Mask, uh, I, I think you said Keen, but I changed it to King. King? Uh, so, King, like, uh, uh, how oh. about saying Spanish? Like, but I realize most of the listeners don't speak Spanish. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, like, uh, Lord, uh, you get the idea. Uh, and then the fourth one was Zalas, and I don't know what that was yeah. supposed to mean, so I just called them the Flayed. F-L-A-Y-E-D. Flayed? Flayed. Like, uh, you know what a flail is? Yeah. Like, when you hit yourself on the back a bunch of times, like that. Uh, the flayed. So, okay. uh, Torch, his real name is going to be Totek. Uh, he has a lot of names. 
And so then I just went with the easiest to pronounce one that is literally five letters and has the last three letters of the word Aztec. Mm -hmm. So if you can't remember that, that's on you, not on me. Totec. Uh, yeah, so uh, Huitzilopichtli's uh, name is going to be Totec. He is the god yes. of war, sun, and fire. We already know this. By the way, good. Um, you did pretty good at the pronunciation of that name. I stumbled, but I practiced a lot uh, on all of these yeah. names because I didn't want <laughs> to sound I practiced like a, a lot on how to say Huitzilopuchli, <laughs> and I could not even say it on that day of the recording. That's because you keep saying pooch. You keep saying poochly. It's not poochly? It's pochly. Pochly. Oh. He, yeah. Uh, potato, uh, potato. <laughs> no! Not the, anyways. <laughs> Uh, so Totec sorry, is seen as a, it's fine. Uh, Totec is seen as a generally unforgiving God, uh, who requires physical sustenance for, from his worshipers. He is super big on sacrifice and it's actually really important for this whole overall, uh, overall story. I don't know how long you wanted to make the story. It will run forever, but I'm kind of envisioning it with an ending. Yeah. And so then, um, I know it's, it has a lot of similar beats to like, the Gilgamesh story. I'm sorry. Uh, like, for little things that I'm adding. But I feel like they're kind of necessary. But I feel like the characters will, like, learn about these things differently anyways. So, it's one of those things, like, it's the same themes, but they're presented in different worlds, in different uh, environments, uh, by different people. So, their responses are vastly different. Okay. Uh, now that uh, Totec uh, has witnessed the death of his brother, uh, Tezka... The mask, uh, mm -hmm. which, by the way, his 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 god name is Tezcatlipoca, uh, who is the god of providence, darkness, and night. Now, uh, providence is divine protection from a deity over their people. Now, that's important because the moment that he is killed, and people are aware of this, the Aztec population is like, "Well, our divine protection from God has apparently been destroyed." <laughs> Okay. And that kind of like signals to people that the that they're basically effed. There is no way that they are going to survive this, symbolically mm -hmm. speaking, because their protection has been destroyed. Totec now kind of understands that even though they are gods, they're not immortal. They can mm -hmm. be killed. I mean, I guess by technicality they're mortal, uh, immortal, but they're not indestructible. Yes. And so then uh, he has to stop treating the world like a game because he realizes that it's not a game now he has uh i was kind of envisioning him dying at the end considering he's the god of sacrifice and uh, what better way to learn about the dane like to learn about like how it's kind of an evil thing really not evil but like it's <laughs> it should be a frowned upon thing he kind of realizes that it's vastly unnecessary and kind of just ends up sacrificing himself at the end. Uh, I guess you could say in a, in, like in a Jesus kind of way, but not really. I mean, the parallels are there. I am sorry. It, I mean, you're, you're he's the main bad guy is Lucifer. Like, like of course people are going to think that. I mean, uh, and so then. <laughs> no, I'm sorry. You, you may continue. Uh, you don't have like a secret bad guy, do you? That you didn't tell me? Uh, no, 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 he, he was the bad, he is a bad guy. Okay, no, but, like, uh, you're not gonna tell me, like, Yahweh is the actual bad guy in this, right? Because, like, I know for a fact that you're, you're a devout Christian, and, like, you wouldn't do that. <laughs> uh, no, uh, I, no, I did not have no epic twist like that. Uh, 
no, but I did. I do mention Yahweh and Jesus in this. I I don't refer to them in any like harsh light. They're mostly portrayed as positive characters. Um, they're uh, uh okay. Anyways, uh, I I want to get to that later, considering that that's like that touches on uh, things outside of uh Torch and his family, uh, Totec and Tesca. Uh, the third character uh, was the king, and I am referring to him as Keplakotl. Now, this is one that most people know off the top of their heads. They learn of this guy's name very quickly in elementary school. So, if they see the word Keplakotl, they know how to pronounce it. <laughs> uh, yes. Um... Uh, I didn't think I had to abbreviate that one. I abbreviated the other four. The other, or not, not Totec, but Tesca. I'm just calling him Tesca. I'm not calling him Tesca di Poca, because I know that's a lot for people, but Tesca is pretty easy to remember. Mm-hmm. It is literally Aztec if you spell it like different. If you rearrange the letters, yes. Um, uh, uh is the god of life, light, wisdom, and oh, by the way, your four gods. I don't know if you did this in your research, but I I noticed that uh, that Huitzilopochtli. Uh, I pronounced that one wrong does actually have three brothers, and they represent the cardinal directions, north, south, east, and west. Oh, okay. Yeah, I didn't. I did not see that. <clears throat> okay. So, I base these off of those gods. Okay. So, it kind of comes a little bit more uh, unified. Uh, Quetzalcoatl becomes the mentor for uh, Totec. Now, um, he hears about what's going on, and he travels to his village, to his town. Now, Quetzalcoatl is considered a wise old man, and he doesn't enter too many times. He only enter he he mostly spends his time in our world, having entered a body. Uh, okay. He normally doesn't banish himself because he, he he considers himself a spout of wisdom. He considers himself to be a way to inspire the people of the world. And so he usually takes the form of a, he usually enters a priest. Okay. Um, it's the priest's entire life, basically. There's the, like the priest will never ever ever uh, have Quetzalcoatl be banished from him until the moment of his death, essentially. Okay. Um. Oh. Now okay, uh, I totally uh-huh. forgot. Okay, I totally forgot to actually mentioned this when I gave my uh when I when I gave my story last episode. Uh okay, just a quick reminder, uh try to remind me and then I'll tell you why that is kind of a flaw in this world. Uh but oh yeah, I'll I'll get to that at the end. You might want to tell me now cuz they're kind of important. <laughs> okay. Well, I I totally forgot to mention this in the last Are episode. the other two brothers already dead? No, no, no. They're not dead. They're okay. They're in their world, in yeah, in their pocket world. They they're not okay. coming back to our world. No, the thing I did not mention is that when when they banish themselves, I oh I didn't mention this. When they banish themselves, they're locked out from our world for half a year. Mm-hmm. Uh, thing is, the longer they stay in a body, the more the more consequence they have to pay for that. So if they sit in there for a year, then that's about two years are locked out of out of our world. They sit in there oh, for oh jeez, yeah. The longer they stay in the body, the longer they're locked out. I mean, it's not like one year, two years thing. I, I just that's just an example, but there is like there's a flat half a year 
kind of a, like a like that's the payment you have to pay for. There's no negotiating that. But that price does get higher the longer you stay in a body. But, um, again, I forgot to mention that. So, I guess in this in this world, technically, that doesn't exist. Okay, that's fine. Uh, Quetzalcoatl doesn't do that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's, it's cool. I just, I'll just erase that from, at least for this episode. Uh, that's fine. Um, so, he doesn't do that. Uh, but he is kind of important, and I'll mention him later. Mm-hmm. Just keep him in mind. Alright, uh, Quetzalcoatl is considered to be one of the fastest of them, considering he is the god of the winds. Uh, and here's the thing. Each god represents, a, like, a different cardinal direction, and that, and that, and that direction's wind. With the exception of Quetzalcoatl, he does represent his direction, but he also represents the other three. That's a bit weird, but okay. Because he's the, he's the king one, that's why. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah. So wait, you um, made him the main character? No, he's not the main character. He's a, he's a mentor. He's like Odin. He doesn't do anything. Oh, okay. <laughs> it's like, oh, oh Thor's, Thor's, Thor's only the prince. What? Because I made <laughs> the most popular one, the, the main one? I'm not going to do that to you. Uh, it's not like he's going to be the main one for long anyways. hey Oh, yeah. <laughs> Uh, the fourth one, uh, I'm renaming Eula. That's the, uh, Zala's one. Uh, Eula mm-hmm. the Flayed, whose original name is, uh, Zipitotek, or Eulahan, uh, which I, uh, I'm basically just, it's just short for Eulahan. Eulahan. Eulahan, uh, or Eula, is the god of force, seasons, and rebirth. Eula can enter humans... Uh, that Oh, this is actually a special one for Eula. I don't know how your rules work exactly, but I wanted to give Eula an exception because of how Eula actually operates in their original mythology. Mm-hmm. Uh, Eula is one of the few gods, well not few, but there's others, but Eula is the primary god in which you do not sacrifice your own people to Eula. You sacrifice other people to Eula. Okay. Uh, people who are sacrificed to Eula are people from other, uh, are, are slaves and people from other, uh, villages. And so then I okay. thought Eula's special power was that Eula can enter the bodies of people who do not want Eula in their body. Um, which means that Eula cannot enter the bodies of people who are willing to accept Eula. This is the, that's, it's a reversal on that. Okay. And so then, uh, Eula, and Eula's important though. Here's the thing. Eula's ritual can only be performed in Eula's temple. It cannot be performed anywhere else. In order to do so, the innards of that person must be removed, and Eula basically actually wears them. So Eula doesn't appear... Yeah. When Eula enters a body, Eula doesn't actually appear as, like, the person. They appear as, like, a zombie, essentially. Okay. Um, The power of... Okay. I'm going to get back to this in just a second. Uh, that's how Eula's power operates. Now, Eula is kind of creepy when it comes to Eula's personality, considering the weird implications of how he operates and works. Eula tends to wear dead people, even if he's already a zombie, so he really likes to do that. He's very disrespectful of the living and the dead. Even though he's a god of rebirth and change, he's very disrespectful of the actual process. 
he actually ends up wearing Tezuka's skin at some point, just to kind of, like, further show that he doesn't really care, even if it's his own brother. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. I did introduce a character. Uh, She was kind of important to... uh, uh, Well, I mean, in my notes I did. She doesn't really do anything for this story, so I'll just ignore it. I wanted to talk to you a little bit about Lucy and how I kind of wanted to perceive Lucy. Okay. So, I'm really excited for this, because I hope this is what you were thinking. And if it's not, then, well, I'm hoping this is what you're thinking. <laughs> so, uh, okay. I knew that you already knew, uh, I knew that you already wanted Lucy to have uh, been responsible for the deaths of the Norse, Greek, and Egyptian gods, right? Uh, somewhat, yes. Okay, so she's somewhat responsible for this. Now, here's the thing. Lucifer is special because of how Lucifer was created and how Lucifer operates. Now, in the original um, stories of Lucifer in uh, Paradise Lost and other source materials, Lucifer basically wanted to be God Jr. Uh, Lucifer kind of wanted to do his own thing, or her own thing, um, and kind of just wanted to create. Now, Yahweh doesn't like this. Doesn't want Lucifer to be God Jr. And this is the point where uh, God is like, you know what, Lucy? How about I just banish you instead? And you just go to hell. You can have your own little world there. Do whatever you want there. It's not like you can do anything. (laughs) And so then Lucy ends up there. Now, this is going to tie in with other pantheons. You're going to notice this in a second. Now, Lucy is there for a while. And then she notices somebody shows up. It's Oranos. Oranos shows up and Lucy talks to Oranos. He's like, what are you doing here? He's like, "I, I was killed by my son Cronus. Oh, that, that's very unusual. I didn't know the gods could die. Yeah, you'd be surprised. Yeah, gods can kill kill other gods. Oh, that's fascinating. I didn't know that. I thought we were immortal. No, you'd be surprised. We're really not. <laughs> so, this is, the, this is the first seed of, like, Lucy kind of understands that gods can die. Mm-hmm. And so then Lucy asks uh, Oranos, how did you get killed? Well, it was more of a revolt between my six kids. Hmm, so it takes multiple people to revolt in order to overpower you. Yeah, uh, that's basically how it works. Fascinating, okay. Time passes by. Kronos has uh, has entered this dimension. Mm-hmm. Uh, they ask Kronos, what happened to you? I was killed by my 12 children, or 6 or 12 children. How, uh, 12, uh, that's how many Olympians there were. My, my 12 children. How did that happen? Well, they just got together and overpowered me. Lucy's kind of, like, figuring this out. She's like, yes. If more gods work together, you can take down a bunch of them. And so then they kind of, like, try to understand what's going on in this dimension. And they realize, after a while, that the dimension they are in is Tartarus. Tartarus is a god in and of himself. And so then Lucy kind of understands how gods operate. And it's that gods themselves are dimensions their pocket dimensions in and of themselves and so then uh and this is kind of like when we sort of wanted to do pantheon how zeus wanted to uh kill chronos and take his power but Mm -hmm. chronos would just disappear and enter other dimensions and so then i kind of wanted lucy to actually be successful in her in her plan and having just killed oranos and having her kill chronos once again in incorporating them into her personal dimension and so then Lucifer grows and expands, and they realize that their power doesn't come from belief. Their power comes from unbelief. Mm-hmm. They gain power every time someone prays to a god 
that is not of the power that she owns. So if anyone ever prays to, like, if you're in the uh, Greek pantheon, you're, if you're a member of the Greek religion, and you pray mm-hmm. to a god that is not Zeus, uh, that is not uh, Oranos or Kronos, and you actively denounce them, you are directly uh, adding power to Lucifer. Every time mm-hmm. that you pray to any deity that she has ever killed, you are giving power to her. Mm-hmm. And so, she goes through the process of killing the Norse gods, the Greek gods, the Egyptian gods, every single deity, in hopes that she, one day she will be able to kill Yahweh, and finally show him that she can rule her own place, and be who she wants to be. Mm-hmm. And in doing so, she denounces everything that has to do with him. And so then, this is one of those things where I thought it would be kind of interesting, where she just, uh, that's just how the gods die in like in history. It's that Lucifer represents this, um, this like contamination of, uh, of the pagan religions, mm-hmm. of the demonization of it. She is literally the process of demonization, essentially. Yeah. Where, uh, like in in the real world, that's how it was represented. Like that's how we would represent how that happens in the real world. Yes. And so then uh, now her next goal is to do this to the Aztec gods. Uh, so she decides to send Gold Glory and God, who are um, a way of spitting in her creator's face, going so far as to even name one of these insignificant creatures God. Mm-hmm. Now uh, the way she does this is she actually takes three human beings. And grants them the powers of the si- the sins that she uh, she has given them. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, I kind of wanted to keep Lucifer as having one of the sins. I wanted her to keep gluttony, considering that she wants to consume so many of the other gods. Okay. And uh, so that 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 would be the only sin that uh, is taken away from one of them, and that would be the plague doctors, the uh, the god one. Mm-hmm. Uh, he still keeps envy and greed. Uh, the the gold one still keeps lust and sloth, uh, and glory still keeps wrath and pride. And so then, uh, this is where I kind of was thinking I was kind of clever. Not really, maybe not. But <laughs> uh, God, the God's character. Uh, oh, uh, oh, hold on. Okay, so Eula, uh, upon like get, gathering, realizes that we need to find a way to stop these guys, right? From destroying our our village and our and our villages, our land. And so then Eula's like, I can possess people that don't want to be possessed. If we can just get at least one of them three, just one of them, I can take them over and take their power. And it's like, do you think we can do that? I mean, we it's worth a try. And if I'm not successful, I'll just banish myself before before things get too bad. And it's like okay. And so then um, they go and try to get God. And, uh, they, I don't know how they're going to do this. Your story, you figure it out. Uh, they successfully get God <laughs> into the... <laughs> they, successfully... <laughs> they successfully get God into the temple. And they're about to, they're about to get into him. But he turns the tides on them, essentially. And you see okay. him stabbing into Eula and tearing Eula apart. And then we realize that anybody in the temple can do this. Anybody in the temple can do the can do the ritual of you uh, of Yuala Afan, and so then God's like, "Hey, if anybody can do it, then I can do it to you too." And so then he does. Uh, well, it's not anybody. It's like if uh, Yula can do it to somebody, somebody can do it to Yula. And so okay. then God does this to Yula, 
and he now is powerful enough to move the ritual outside of the temple because he's got the power of uh he's got a subset of the power of lucifer on him as well and so then um doing this he uh he does it to quetzalcoatl he gains quetzalcoatl's powers and his appearance and now he parades himself all over the aztec uh, uh the aztec land and declares himself as quetzalcoatl the human being that was, uh, that was, uh, that became God is known as Herman Cortez. <laughs> <laughs> the guy who literally did that in history. <laughs> so how about that? <laughs> oh my god. Um... Okay, so I know you might veto you might veto this. You might veto this. And I'm and I understand completely. And I'm pretty sure the entering and banishing thing is probably meant to have some sort of uh big story element to it. But yeah. I think I found a way around it. Oh okay. <laughs> so I want you to I want you to descri- uh, not describe it to me, but like I'm going to describe it back to you and tell me if this is wrong or if I'm missing something. Okay. So when I'm going to say I'm going to say torch, okay? I'm going to use torch as an example. I want to say totek because I don't like saying torch. Uh, so when totek, he's a spirit, right? Or no? Uh, yes. Okay. All right. Yes by technicality or yes, yes. Uh, yes by technicality. Why is he not a spirit? Um, uh, I don't have the words to explain it. It's because uh, a spirit. I just think of a soul, mm-hmm. and that's it. But it's more than just his soul. in In our world, it's just it's its physical. It's 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 its own body trying to come into our world, but can't. And it's 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 like the physics of our world doesn't let him have a solid form. Okay, so good. It's okay, best so interpreted this... as a spirit. Okay, no, no, this is perfect. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's how that works. Alright, so there's a certain subset of humans who go through a similar process. They're called Nagwals. Uh, Nagwals are born from the conception of a human being and an Aztec god. Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, it doesn't have to be it, but that's what I thought would work for this. Which would explain why they have this weird ability. Now, Nagwals have two souls and two bodies. The bodies can only uh, uh, the the here's the thing: they have one consciousness, two souls, two bodies. The way this works is, at any one given moment, they can have human soul, human body, and their consciousness. Their consciousness is the, is interchangeable between the two, or they can have animal body, animal spirit, and their consciousness. Now, they can mm-hmm. flip-flop between the two. Now, the thing is, though, is that their body cannot be physical unless the soul exists in the physical realm. And so, if the if the human soul is in the world, the soul adapts a human body. If the soul is an animal soul, the soul accommodates matter by making a animal body. Uh, it's, I kind of had to say it like this because I wanted to, um, 
kind of tie it in with your thing and also kind of just not just make it sound like it's a werewolf because it's basically what it is. Yeah. I kind of wanted to explain how werewolves would be very beneficial to this. Also, nagwolves don't just turn into wolves. They can turn into crocodiles, uh, jaguars, uh, armadillos, uh, usually things that aren't wolves. Uh, just pointing that out there. Uh, I, Wait. I want to l- let they... you know that in mythology, in mythology, Totec, Quitzilopochtli, does have a nagwall, and it's an eagle. But, I thought it would be kind of cool if, like, the rules of entering and banishing kind of, like, get flip-flopped on this, if he enters a nagwall. Because then a nagwall, human nagwall, can forcefully banish or, uh, or, like, uh, pull another, uh, soul, as long as they're already tied to that body. And so then, I was thinking it would be kind of cool if, like, this is a later thing, it wouldn't be, like, a thing that you do, uh, early on. Because it's something that just wasn't thought of before. Where uh, Totec kind of bonds himself to a Nagwal. The Nagwal banishes him without uh, Totec's consent. Mm-hmm. And then Totec just doesn't understand what's going on. Since he didn't technically banish himself, he's not restricted to the to the rules of the, the half a year thing. But he doesn't know how to enter back. And so then the human being that he's bonded with pulls him back in. And doesn't understand himself how come he's tied to this, human, uh, to this uh, god. And so this becomes a problem because it's like this three souls thing in one body. And it's very confusing for them. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and so then I thought that would be a clever way of kind of like getting around the entering and banishing thing. And I don't know if uh, Lucy can like detect his soul or anything. But the way that this would work is if he's banished, he wouldn't be detectable. So it would be a perfect way of hiding for him. Because then he can just do combat as uh, as a torch as torch as Totec, uh, and then just bounce. And now he's uh, he's uh, just a regular old nagwall. Mm-hmm. And if somebody questions the nagwall, he's like, "I can just turn into a I can just turn into an eagle. That's all I can do. I'm sorry." <laughs> okay. Uh, if that was too confusing or that was stupid, I uh, understand completely. <laughs> <clears throat> um, it, it's a bit weird. <clears throat> That's not something I would have thought of. Um, and you're not going to do it because it totally goes against your stupid <laughs> rules. <laughs> um, I mean, yes. Not not because of the whole creature part of, of turning or, yeah, turning into a creature thing. It's just that usually the banishment and the entering is something only specifically... It can only be done specifically by the Aztec gods because of their situation. But, um, again, this is a different kind of world. So, I mean, things can be changed. Uh, I think that's all I had to cover for yours, to be honest. <laughs> that was it? I yeah, thought you were gonna, that was it. I didn't go into... I thought you were going to go into, like, all the full story no, going, sure leading was... up all the way to Lucy or something. Nah. No, that that's your job, not mine. <laughs> uh, okay. Okay. Um, I just I am, write the uh, pl- I just write the bullet points. You fill in the blanks. Then I then I rewrite the 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 uh, what does you call it? Dialogue. Sorry. <laughs> no, that's just usually how we do curse quests. We just come up with bullet points together. You fill in the blanks, and then I just redo the dialogue. <laughs> 
You should. This should be familiar to you, David, already. <laughs> but uh, I was gonna say. So you take the whole game aspect out of this. Well, I feel like the moment that his brother dies, like he. Look, David. I'm just saying. If if I was playing a game with a friend, on the couch, they are there with you. And your buddy dies, like for realsies, <laughs> on screen and on the couch at the same time. Okay. And you look to your friend and you realize, oh, this isn't a game anymore. Apparently, if you die in the game, you die in real life. It's like that kind of vibe to me. Like if my friend died that way <laughs> while we we're playing a game, I would not, I would not treat it as a game anymore. It's real now. I'm sorry. Uh, no, yeah, I mean, in my, I mean, my story, he he doesn't treat it as a game, you know. After he sees his brother dies, it's like, is this is technically not a game for them. This is just something like something they can play with. Uh, they know that you know. There's, I mean, of course, they know they can die. They never thought they would die because the only thing, the only thing able to kill them would have been one of their brothers. And I mean, typically brothers don't kill brothers, you know. In the norm, in, you know, in the normal world. Uh, I don't know how to tell you this. Okay, so the character that I left out uh, <laughs> was his sister. Now, his sister uh, tried to kill him while he was inside of his mom uh, when she was pregnant. Because for some reason they didn't want her to have this son. And so then she, uh, uh, Kui, I don't remember her name. I'm not looking at the word. Okay. I wrote it down. Hold on. Koyol Chakwi. Koyol Chakwi. Okay. Uh, so, Koyol Chakwi is the moon goddess. Uh, she tried to kill Quetzalpochtli uh, when he was before he was born, because she simply didn't want him to exist. She tried to abortion him. Um. Now, if that's not trying to kill your own brother. I don't know what that is. She not only did that, but had the help of four hundred people. Now. Before she could get her hands on her mom. By the way, she wanted to kill her mom and her brother. Not just one of them, but both of them. Okay. Uh, before she can get to her and him, Huitzilopochtli uh, comes out of his mom's womb, completely in armor, ready to fight, kills his sister, chops up her arms and her legs, and throws her carcass into the sky, and that is the moon. Oh. Um, like I said, in the normal world, <laughs> brothers don't kill brothers. <laughs> <laughs> So just because um, it was a sister, it's different. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, no, yeah. Oh God. Just, see, when you do research, you go really deep into it. I just like try to skim through things and try to get, you know, just quick information. Uh, yeah, I I did not know this. Um. Uh. Yeah. Wow. But, uh, no, he, he stops treating it, he, he stops treating it as a game, or he, he's no longer playing a game once Mask dies. It's, it's not like, oh, okay, now time to, uh, turn this into, like, an open world RPG, let me, let me walk out there. <laughs> like, no, I mean, he's taking this seriously, like, okay, you know, game is completely over, since I lost, you know, my, uh the person I was playing with, I'm going to go 
find these people, hopefully kill them, you know, hopefully painfully, and uh, go back home. So, I kind of imagine, like, <laughs> uh, how he's, like, treats it as a game and then kind of treats it seriously afterwards. Now that I am imagining it is, like, it's like he's uh, Wolverine and his brother is Sabretooth and they're, like, acting. Like, they're live-action role-playing. He's like, come on, bub, I got you. Come over here, I'm gonna get you. And then his brother actually <laughs> dies, and he's just like, Oi, this just happened. <laughs> and then into his actual accent <laughs> of Hugh Jackman. <laughs> uh, uh, that doesn't sound like Hugh Jackman. That was, like, very, very stereotypical Australian voice. <laughs> Oi, Oi, mate, what you doing on my land? Who are you? You blow call yourself God. You know God. Um, before I do anything that's culturally insensitive <laughs> any longer. Um, <laughs> uh, so next next time will be our uh, uh, will be December twelfth. We're gonna be doing. We don't. We haven't decided what episode we're gonna be doing yet. So uh, well, add that uh, at I'm the not end. gonna come up with that on the fly now. Add that at the end. The outro. Oh yeah. So can, if you want to know what episode true. we do or what the next episode is going to be, stay stay to the very end, and you'll find out. Wait until you hear our outro. I'm not going to promise you it's going to be something Christmas related, but it's December twelfth. It might be Christmas related, or winter related, or snow related, or Frozen related, or Disney related. I've never watched Frozen. Oh, uh, don't worry. We're on the same boat here. It's okay. I don't think it's probably not good. Oh. Or maybe it is. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I'm not going to watch it. So hopefully we don't do anything. I'm not going to watch related. it either. I mean, no. But, um, uh, no. I mean, maybe, maybe something special. I don't know. I don't know if we have any good Christmas thing ideas. Any good ones. But, uh, We'll see what happens. Yay! Well, David, it was a pleasure working with you today. Uh, I'm really glad that I'm done with the doctor's appointment. Oh, it, it, it kind of started sounding like you're like dismissing yourself permanently. You're like, well, it was a, it was a pleasure no. working with you. It's like, wait, whoa, whoa. <laughs> when, when did this become just the David show? <laughs> uh, please, please don't try to run a podcast on your own. It's, it's just <laughs> awkward. It's probably going to be really awkward. It would be extremely awkward. Uh, I don't know. I mean, there's probably somebody out there who does a podcast with themselves, and they just talk to themselves. Yeah. Uh, no. No, I don't think that, that would work. Hey, yo, it's... it's Hey, yo, guys, it's Fritz the Schizophrenic. <laughs> I'm here to talk today with... <laughs> With my friend Carlos. Hey, Car. Hey, hey, friend. How you doing? Yeah. yeah. Okay, I'm done. I'm not gonna do that anymore. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, see you guys next week. Considering I don't know how to do an appropriate goodbye anymore, I'm just gonna blame that on that I'm sick. You can't blame every week on that you're sick. So we're gonna have to try and come up with a no. good, a good little a- outro thing. But like, uh, no, I actually am sick right now, though, David. Like, I know you can't tell, but, like, I'm dying on the inside. That's that's a lie. I actually feel very, very, on a very slight discomfort. Like, on a scale of 1 to 10 on the pain meter, I've got, like, a 1. Hmm. Uh, 
More like a point five. It's not painful. It's just uncomfortable. Point two five. <clears throat> is it as painful? My gosh. As if we're, if, is it more painful what you're feeling now than if we were to do the uh, uh, Fantastic Four thing now? Hello? Hello? Bye, David. I don't want to talk about the Fantastic Four. <laughs> okay. It'll be a cold day in hell. <laughs> Goodbye. Bye. Hey guys, this is David again. Thank you for listening to our fourth episode. As a quick reminder, we are going to be uploading our episodes every two weeks just to give us time to create proper and good stories to tell in our shows. Also, if you want to follow our show, you can, can do so at, at Infinite Canvas on Twitter. And if you want to follow our own personal accounts, for me, you can do so at, at CC underscore Foz. And for John, it will be at JohnnyVE3. And you can also follow our webcomic series on Twitter as well, at SightStartComics. And if you want to read our comic series, you can do so at SightStart.net. Now, thank you again for listening to our show. If, you, if you're listening to us on iTunes, please leave a comment, rate us, share it to get our show out there. And hopefully we can, hopefully we can do this more and get a proper, more, uh, quali- more higher quality show out of this. Now, for our next episode... We're going to do a little bit something special as well and try to see if we can put a little bit more of the holiday season in our fifth episode. So thank you again for listening to this episode and get ready for the next one.